Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. In the beginning, God, before creation, before time, before history, there was nothing, no one, only God. And this one eternal, infinite God created. He created the heavens and the earth. He created everything in them out of nothing. God spoke creation into existence. The refrain repeated over and over and over again in Genesis 1 is this, and God said. God created through his word. He spoke, he formed, he filled in six days. He formed the light He filled it with the sun, moon, and stars. He formed the heavens and the seas. He filled them with birds and fish. He formed the earth, vegetation, trees, bushes, and he filled them with animals. And God saw that it was good, beautiful. That's the second refrain of Genesis 1, repeated over and over again. And God saw that it was good. Then we come to our passage today, and there's a change, a shift. The narrative slows down. It's drawn out, for we have arrived at the climax of creation. God speaks. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let us. Here, God addresses himself in the plural. For he is triune. Let us. God is Father who speaks, who creates. God is Son, the Word through whom God created all things. God is Spirit hovering above the waters, the preformed, prefilled chaos that was creation. Each is 100% God. And 100% of God is in each. Three persons one God, let us make man. God made you. He brought together your mother and father. He breathed into your embryo the spark of life. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. You are a creature, which means, and it may sound obvious, but sometimes we must state the obvious because we forget You're not God. You belong to the earth and all that is within it, all that God filled it with. You possess a created body, and it's a gift. Yes, it can break. Yes, it wears. Yes, it tears. Yes, it ages. But your body is an essential part of you, of life given to you by God. You are physical. You're not just spiritual. You're not just emotional. You're not just intellectual. You're a living, breathing, moving, need to eat and drink, just like the other animals, part of creation. 
but you're also different. You're set apart. And here's why. You are created in the image of God. You are created in the likeness of God. Nothing else in all of creation, either in the heavens or the earth, visible or invisible, has that designation. Nothing else in all of creation, either in heavens or the earth, visible or invisible, has that honor. But you, every single person ever born is created in the image of God. Every single person who has ever lived is created in the likeness of God. Everyone who's seated around you this morning, everyone that you drove by on your way here, everyone you live with, work with, go to school with, shop with, interact with, ignore, is made in the image of God, the likeness of God, male and female, man and woman. Both in God's image, distinct in God's image. Each sex designed by God, each sex given by God as part of who you are. It's it's part of your physicalness, created in the image of God, the likeness of God. It's true, but this is also unique. In other creation stories of the ancient Near East, and there are a number, the focus is always on the gods. Humans are an afterthought. In the Enuma Elish, which is a creation story from ancient Babylon, humans are created to be slaves. The gods were weary of their labor, so they created people to work for them. But you're created in the image of God. You're created in the likeness of God. So what does that mean? Well, in our passage, God does not define it. It's just a fact. It's reality. But we can say this about it. An image reflects. An image represents which is why the scriptures consistently prohibit making images of God. The second commandment states, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or the earth beneath or the water below. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. In other words, don't make images of God. Don't make likenesses of God. Why? Because you are. God already has an image. You bear the image of God. But again, what does that mean? Well, our passage provides some answer to that question. First of all, to be the image of God means that you are relational. You are created to exist in fellowship. You are created to exist in relationship with God and with others. In Genesis 1, God speaks directly to humans and only humans. He speaks twice. As a man, as a woman, you can have relationship with God different from all the other creatures. You can have fellowship with God different from all of creation. You can know him. 
You can know his character. You can know his heart. You can know his will. God speaks to you. And you are able to speak to him. Pray. And you are created to be in community with others created in the likeness of God. God creates male and female, not just one. He didn't just create one, but two. And it certainly points to the gift of marriage. For one of the words that God speaks to the man and woman is this, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God formed and God filled creation. And those created in his image are called to continue his work of filling, having children, filling the good and beautiful earth that God formed. But marriage, an exclusive relationship, also points to the general gift of community because not everyone is called to marriage or remarriage. Marriage is a calling. Singleness is a calling. But we are made to be in relationship with others, to share life with others, joys with others, burdens with others, sorrows with others. And this reflects the very nature of God. Since God is triune, he exists in eternal community with himself. God exists relationally. And so must those who bear his image. Well, God speaks this to the man and woman in verse 28. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. As the image of God, humans are given responsibility. They're given authority, dominion, rule over the earth, over the creatures of the earth. Again, this was unique. In the ancient Near East, it was believed that the spirit of a God lived in the statue, in the image of that God. Therefore, that image represented the God, was present in place of the God. And it was also believed that kings represented a God, that God ruled through the king. Therefore, a king was the image of God, or important officials, rulers, were the image of God. But the truth, the reality is given here in Genesis. Every human is created in the image of God. Every man, every woman is royal. You represent God. God rules through you over creation, over the earth. And that rule, that authority is not exercised however you like. It can't be carried out in whatever way you wish. It's not that you're simply above other creatures and over the earth. You are under God. And you're to reflect him. You're to reflect his rule, which is like a shepherd, serving and caring and leading and providing and protecting and correcting. You are made in God's image and likeness. You're made to be in relationship. You are made to be royalty. Is there more? More to being the image of God? Well, here's what Martin Luther, 16th century German Protestant reformer, 
had to say about image of God. Luther said the fullness, the fullness of what the image of God means is really unknown. He said, you really can't know. You really can't understand. And why? Because you have no experience of it. And why is that? Because the image of God that you bear is broken. The image of God that you bear is shattered. The pieces are scattered. You know it. You sense it. You feel it. And when you, when you look in your heart, when you take an honest look in your heart, you can see it. The discontent. The simmering anger lurking below the surface. The jealousy. The pride. The greed. The lust. In our New Testament reading from Colossians chapter 3, Paul would add impurity, evil desires, covetousness. But, But the truth is, you don't even have to examine your own heart. You can see that the image is shattered. You can see the pieces just by looking at your relationships. Whether whether it's your relationship with parents, children, Spouse, peers, co-workers, friends? Are they ideal? Are they perfect? Of Of course not. Some are strained. Some are troubled. Some are broken. There, there, there are walls between you, and some of those walls are, 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 are low, and you can simply step over them, but some walls are so high you can never scale them to reach the other, other side. And through some of these relationships, you bear hurts, wounds, scars. There's pain, and you watch the wall being built in front of you. And through some relationships, you have hurt, you have wounded, you have scarred, you've you've built walls. And what of God? What of your relationship with the one who created you? Do, Do you know him? Do you think of him? Do you hear him speak? Do you follow his word? Do you pray? And your royalty, you are royalty. How do you exercise the authority that you've been given? Does your heart long to serve? Or would you rather be served? Or does it just depend on the day? All of this, all of this points to an image of God that is broken, an image of God that is shattered, and it's because of sin. It's because the power of sin unleashed upon creation through the disobedience of our first parents. That power and your own sin has shattered the image of God that you bear. But the good news is this, Jesus has come. The gospel is this, Jesus has come. 
In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, Paul calls Jesus the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the visible representation of God. He is the exact representation of God. He perfectly reveals God. If you want to know God, you must look to Jesus. And if you want to know how we are supposed to live as those created in the likeness of God, as those created for relationship, as royalty, you must look to Jesus. The image of God came to serve. That's how he exercised his kingship. He came to serve and he came to serve you, even unto death. Death on the cross. For by his death, the power of sin is conquered. And with sin conquered, he can restore your broken image. He can mend your shattered image. He can heal your heart. He can make you whole by faith. Simply by receiving him by faith. Well, Paul, Paul describes it like changing clothes. Put off the old you, put off the old self, the broken image. Take it off, Paul says, and put on the new you in Christ. So when you come to Christ in faith, when you turn from your sin, he takes the old self from you that you've taken off and he hands you the new self. He dresses you. Listen to the end of Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 and verse 10 again. Put off the old self with his practices and to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Through, through Jesus, you're being renewed. And this work of renewal in your heart is accomplished by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit, God applies the work of Jesus in your heart. Through the Spirit, God is restoring the image that he created you with, his image. And through it, your relationships might be healed. Your relationship with God. Read his word. And live it. And your relationship with those around you. Forgive. Ask for forgiveness so that wounds might be healed, so that walls might be broken down and so that you might serve, so that you might desire to serve. But this renewal takes time. It's not immediate. This restoration takes time. And the truth is, the work won't be finished, at least this side of heaven. The old self will still come out. Some walls may not come down. You might get frustrated. You might get discouraged. You might get disheartened. And when you do, pray. Pray. Ask the one who created you. Ask the one who died for you. Ask the one who dwells within you to heal, to mend, to restore, and trust. Trust that he's doing so. Trust that he will. On the sixth day, God created male and female in his image, after his likeness. 
And God saw everything he had made. And behold, it was very good. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 